Hey, it's Mo Egger. The college basketball season is heating up, and there's no better place to watch every game than Long Neck Sports Grill. There are 4K TVs all over the place at each Long Neck's location, and at Long Neck's, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And I say this often, if you haven't tried Long Neck's Wings, what are you waiting for? No matter who your team is, you'll be able to watch them at Long Neck's. Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Long Neck Sports Grill. This college basketball season, stay late, come often. This is the Tony and Mo Football Show, live from Twin Peaks in Florence. Brought to you in part by Encore Technologies. Visit Encore.tech. Penn Station East Coast Subs. Penn Station, it's all in good taste. Honda East and Honda East Power Equipment Dealer, Nixco Plumbing. Choose a pro, choose Nixco. First State Bank, built on belief. And by Ralph's American Grill in Wilmington, Ohio. Visit Ralph'sGrill.com. This is Cincinnati's ESPN 1530, the official home of the Bengals. All right, good afternoon. No, your your clock is not wrong. It's uh, 2.32 on ESPN 1530. It's uh, the Tony and Mo football show on ESPN 1530. I'm Mo Egger with uh, Tony Pike. We are broadcasting this afternoon from Twin Peaks in Florence. We are here today. We are here next Monday. And uh, we want you to come on out and join us. Uh, if you're wondering, well, what's what gives? Why are you on early? UK basketball, the Wildcats taking on St. Joe's tonight. So that game's going to start at 7. They have a 90-minute pregame show, which hmm. starts at 5.30. So everything gets moved up. We have a three-hour show. Instead, it's 2.30 to 5.30 instead of 3 to 6. Obviously, there is a lot to discuss. But most importantly, come on out and hang out with us. This is a week where not a lot of work is going to get done. Sure. Especially if you're a Bengals fan because you're still dealing with the hangover from Thursday. And then the holiday is Thursday of this week. Nobody's going to work on Wednesday. Few people are going to have their head in the game tomorrow. So you know what? Just come on out. Start like a six-day weekend with us here at Twin Peaks in Florence. Very easy to get to. Uh, I-75, get off at the Turfway Road exit. The Kentucky game is tonight. You can watch UK basketball. Great Monday night game. A terrific Monday night football game tonight, Chiefs and Eagles. So the place to be. And we both have meatball skillets coming. Yes. Cannot wait. Got to get the meatball skillet. Got to get out here to uh, Twin Peaks in Florence. Where, where do you want to start, Tone? Well, you know, the, uh, the great Jim Harbaugh said it best today. <laughs> you know, despite noises outside of the locker room, Michigan's locker room has stayed in one piece. <laughs> locker rooms, quote Jim Harbaugh, are like your mom's bathing suit. You want to see them in one piece. Mm-hmm. So Well done. You know, my thing now... Once I realized they're not canceling the season, Mm -hmm. because I thought when Joe Burrow went out that they were just going to come in with an executive order, hey, the season's over, come to find out there's actually still really talented players on this roster. Mm -hmm. Come to find out this, this defense has actually won a lot of football games for the Cincinnati Bengals over the last couple years, in particular in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Joe Mixon, at least on Thursday night, showed he can still be a very good option at running back. You still have Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. You have an offensive line you paid to be one of the top five most highly paid offensive lines in the the game. Sam Hubbard, D.J. Reader, Trey Hendrickson, Logan Wilson. The season's not over. Right. So we we always talk about the culture and the locker room that Zach Taylor has created. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see what it's like for the next seven weeks. Yeah. 
We've talked a lot about how good the roster is and how great the coaching staff is, or at least I've heard those things. Are those things we just say, or are those things that are actually true? And we're going to get to that. There is a weird feel, because Joe Burrow suffered a season-ending knee injury against the Washington football team in 2020, and they still had a huge chunk of the season to go, but they were done by then. The Bengals' odds of making the postseason aren't great, and let's be honest, they frankly wouldn't be great if Joe Burrow was healthy and sitting there at 5-5. Five and five. They have seven games remaining. Yeah. They have a game on Sunday against the team they trail by a game in the AFC playoff standings. Pittsburgh, who has the seven spot right now, there is an enormous chunk of games left, and so, yeah, you know, the, this idea that, well, the season is over. Do I believe the Bengals can win a Super Bowl? No. Do I think there are things to play for and prove for this team? Absolutely. Cleveland's 7-3 so, and three without a quarterback. I'm intrigued by how the next seven weeks play out. And if all those things we've heard about the Bengals are true, then they are going to compete and win some games between now and the end of the season and could maybe still make the playoffs. There you go. That's something to play for going forward. Again, I think this is going to be a fascinating seven weeks to truly identify who the players are going forward for this team who the coaches are yeah. going forward for this team. Yeah. You know, we, we can go down the stat line of the, the, the number of hits Joe Burrow has taken since coming into the league, and now they're, everyone is referencing the Andrew Luck comparison, right? Well, Andrew Luck has taken this many hits. Joe Burrow has taken this many hits. Okay, we need to stop comparing everyone to Andrew Luck that, that walked away from the game. Yeah. Um, I don't think you're going to find anyone that, that's satisfied with the amount of times Joe Burrow's been hit. No, there's, there's, there's no that's, way. And you could say that even if he was healthy right now. Right, and that's got to be fixed. But, but here's the thing. You and I discussed on Thursday all of these reasons why Baltimore should on paper win the game. Mm-hmm. And then we went back to the same thing. Joe Burrow's on the Bengals. Joe Burrow's got to be Superman. Right. Okay, take Superman off. What can Zach Taylor now do to make this mm-hmm. offense better? Mm-hmm. What can Lou Anarumo, whose defense hasn't looked good in two weeks, what can he do? With a abysmal Pittsburgh offense coming into town, mm-hmm. right? Let's let's not say seven. Let's let's go one, one game at a time. What can you do as a Bengals offense with Jake Browning to beat the Steelers? What can Lou Anarumo do as a defensive coordinator to beat the Steelers? That's where it starts right now. Yeah, I mean, look for for Sunday, and we'll look ahead here between now and five thirty. Take your cue from Vegas. Now Pittsburgh, the line has moved. The Bengals open as point-and-a-half favorites. Mm -hmm. Now, the the line has moved. Pittsburgh is now laying one. But Vegas said at the outset Cincinnati should win this football game, and so we are going to get to that. There is, I think, though, the the initial and, and maybe lingering gut punch, the feel that most of us had. I don't know about you. We obviously didn't watch the game together on Thursday. I immediately feared the worst. I'm no doctor. I've never examined anybody's hand, but when they showed the the shot of Joe on the sideline gripping the football yeah. and then just dropping That's it when you know. and looking at the medical staff, you knew. Did I know it was specifically a ligament issue? Did I know if it was a broken hand? No, but you knew this guy, first of all, is not coming back and playing tonight. Chances are he's not going to play the rest of the season. And then you find out the news on Friday that he's going to have surgery. It is going to cost him the rest of his season. It's confirmed. It's such a gut punch, and it's such a gut punch to me for the simple reason that this was supposed to be the year. Now, 
They have had a lot of success in 2001 and 2022, and they're going to be relevant as long as Joe Burrow is with this team and in his prime. But relative to how we talked about this team in May and June and July, when people were picking them to win the title, when it felt like this was going to be the best offensive line he had played behind, when it was perhaps the best roster he had been around, it was supposed to be the first normal training camp and offseason, which now we're not going to have one of those this coming offseason. It just was such a gut punch because we talked about Thursday being the chance for this team to reset, to recalibrate, re-enter the race, and then we could start saying the things about this team that we were saying back in July, and instead we threw dirt on the coffin. I was sick. I was literally like physically sick to my stomach. And then you hear Zach Taylor after the game say it was a sprain. It's like, okay, maybe we, we really dodged a bullet here in Cincinnati. Maybe this isn't where folks thought it was. But to hear that news... And to have it be his throwing hand. Mm-hmm. Think of all like the, the snapping and the driving that it takes to throw a football and the contouring of the wrist. Like, that's a long rehab process. Mm-hmm. And it, it, from the sounds of it, it sounds pretty tricky. It doesn't sound like it's one of those cut and dry things where, you know, how does it rehab? How does it take? How long does it have to be immobilized? All of those things. I'll never question Joe Burrow's pain tolerance and work ethic, but when you talk about ligaments, mm-hmm. That, that, that's lasting. That's what makes me sick. And, yes, you talk about the, the, the season that still is and, and all the hurdles that this team can still overcome. It just has felt wonky from the start. Yes. You know, from, from day two of training camp yep. to how the, the start of the season went to getting Joe Burrow healthy. And then even like last week, I noticed he, he had an elbow pad on his sleeve. Like, why has he got an elbow pad on his right elbow? And he wore that again last week. It just nothing has felt normal about what was supposed to be a a big season yeah. for, for the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. But if there is a silver lining, I do believe there is, you can find out a lot over the next seven games. And then you add Joe Burrow back into the equation, and it should make this, this team even more of a machine. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, we're going to find out about Jake Browning. We're going to find out to a degree about this coaching staff. We're going to find out about this roster and maybe to a degree – find out about this front office let's go back to thursday jake browning comes in the game uh, the team did not help that was not a good top to bottom performance by the cincinnati bengals and we'll discuss it but jake's performance put it under a microscope what did you see what did you like what did you not like i didn't like how shielded they kept it i i, I tweeted at the half you know if 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 it's jake browning why not use this half to find out everything mm-hmm. don't you know shrink and 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 try to limit everything he can do how about going out and taking some shots how about seeing if you can still because at the time they were still in the game you could say the feeling of it was not right but it it felt like when they punted the game was over instead of going for it yeah but i I looked and i I even thought all right so it's jake browning can you still give jamar chase chances Mm -hmm. yes they gave him one late in the game, and he came down with it out of bounds. Great yeah, catch! Yeah, but shouldn't have been in the game at that point. No, that point. Should, but I, I thought, I thought they missed a great chance instead of waiting till next week to open things up to open things up on on Thursday night. Yeah, I would agree. Now, his mobility is going to help, mm-hmm. but I, I thought it was, barring you know what Thursday night meant in the the grand scheme of the season, and not having T Higgins and the offensive line looking like they had forgot all, all they knew about pass protection. <laughs> I thought they, they did a good enough job in getting the ball out quick. I would have just liked to see more chances to open things up and maybe find confidence going forward. Maybe they did that late, 
in a, in a garbage time touchdown, but find something to to kind of hang your hat on going forward to this week. I, I felt like Jake Browning looked like how I would have thought he would look. Yeah. A guy making, you know, getting his first real meaningful NFL snaps in prime time in a big game against a really good team. He looked not entirely prepared. That's not a knock on him. That's just, I think that's the caliber of backup quarterback that he is relative to his experience. Now, you know, by the end of this year, you may go, you know what? Bengals are in good hands if Jake Browning mm-hmm. ever has to play a meaningful game again. But, but you'll think, know. But you'll know. Not knowing. I mean, I had no idea what, what he was going to be. My guess was he's going to be shaky, yeah. which owes to the fact that he wasn't drafted, which owes to his lack of experience. And then you add to it all the different factors around him. He looked like I thought he was going, going to look. That is certainly not a compliment, but it's not a knock on mm-hmm. him either. I'm more interested in now, all right, you got a, more than a week to prepare. Yeah, many you can uh, tailor the game plan to him. We'll see if T. Higgins can play this week. He's going to have Jamar Chase to throw to. Let me see something this week that I can feel better about. I'll throw yeah. away Thursday. you got to give me something against What Pittsburgh. can you hang your hat on? Right. You mentioned unprepared. I thought the whole team looked unprepared. Top to bottom. I, 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 Top to I bottom. don't remember in a first half – feeling that an offense was more off. I, I don't remember in a first half watching a game and it seemingly every single snap happened with one second on the play clock. Yep. They used two timeouts on the first couple drives. It just felt lining up in the wrong place. In a huge game of that magnitude, They felt un, it felt like they were unprepared. Yeah. From top to bottom. Against an opponent that you'd already played. Yes. Against a divisional foe that you get twice a year. It, it felt to me like Baltimore on defense, mm-hmm. knew what was coming almost yes. every time Cincinnati snapped the football. How many screens are we going to try? Yeah. And, yeah. and, the, and the, the little success they were having was what? In the running game, and they just wouldn't consistently stay with it. It was just, from my standpoint, from top to bottom, it was maddening. Um, Zach Taylor's going to talk today. We'll have it for you at uh, 3.30 They live. didn't move him up? No, 3.30 today. Well, Kentucky's got a game. Well, m- maybe they adjusted. For, I don't know. Oh. You think Zach Taylor's going to watch UK versus I'm just Joe's? pumped. We got good. We got good action on already. Uh, got the Maui Invitational. Yeah, great, great field. Great Louisville, field. Indiana is coming up at uh, four thirty. Could watch that here. Hang out with us. We're broadcasting until uh, five thirty. I am also going to have a uh, conversation with one of the experts from Ortho Cincy that's going to talk about the Joe Burrow timeline, mm. what the next few months might look like, and whether this could impact his availability at the start of the 2024 season. We'll have that for you coming up at uh, 4.30. It's quarter to three. We're broadcasting today from Twin Peaks in Florence. It's the Tony and Mo Football Show on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. Yes. Bengals and Steelers. Coverage begins Sunday morning at 9 on ESPN 1530, the official home of the Bengals. 11 away from uh, 3 o'clock on ESPN 1530, the Tony and Mo Football Show. We are broadcasting from Twin Peaks and Florence this afternoon on the air until uh, 5.30 today. Um, obviously, the, the majority of, of what we discuss, you know, related specifically to Joe Burrow, the injury, and now the, the fallout with Jake Browning taking over and what might happen with him, and not only him, but also A.J. McCarron. As we talk about the game on Thursday, though, and we started to talk about offensively, it felt like Baltimore knew what they were going to run on every single snap. I don't know, based on what we have seen this season, how you go into next year. We're, we're, we're going to talk about the, the offensive line coach, mm-hmm. which we have to. Cordell Volson ain't it. Nope. And I heard all this in the offseason about how big of a step forward he took in the offseason. He's been awful. Mm-hmm. And 
last year it felt like they really got a good fit with Karras and Kappa. I don't think Kappa's been great at guard. So you look now, you need to figure out Volson. Mm-hmm. You need to figure out probably Kappa. Orlando Brown seems like a all right fit, but I mean I've highlighted a ton of plays he's this year okay. where he's okay at yeah. best. Yeah. And Jonah, you're gonna have to pay Jonah. So yeah. you know, here you go into this season and you got this revamped offensive line. What's that look like next year? Because you could talk about what do you want. We we talked about the quarterback hits. It O line play wasn't good enough this year. Mm-hmm. What do you do to rectify that? You know, because it was Pollock and then Jim Turner, mm-hmm. and then Pollock again. Mm-hmm. And they have given Pollock every resource he could want. Mm-hmm. They, they've paid top five money in the league for the guys they have up front. They've not, you know, scoffed at the fact to spend money in free agency on the offensive line. They nope. did it with Orlando Brown. They did it last year. Uh, Lel Collins didn't work. Right. Karras, Kappa, they have spent money. And for this to be the product on the field, how can you not question Frank Pollock's role on this team going forward? There's been no position group that they have turned over more than the offensive line. Look look at what they put on the field in the Super Bowl, and then look yeah. at what they've had this year, including, obviously, Cordell Volson and Orlando Brown. So I, I think it's one of the primary questions of the offseason. Now, in the short term, the play of the offensive line is put under a further microscope because – you know, with Joe, you could say, well, you got to keep him healthy. you got to keep him from getting hit. All those things are mm-hmm. true. But also, because he can make magic and because he's Joe Burrow, he can escape pressure. He can get out of a tackle. He can run away from a rusher, maybe not four at a time. Yeah. Jake Browning probably doesn't possess those qualities. And so now for this offense to function in the short term, you need the offensive line to be better than I think it's capable of being. And then long term, look – Frank Pollock was not a Zach Taylor guy. Yeah. He was not on his original staff. That was Jim Turner. That didn't work. You mentioned it. This is Frank Pollock's second go-around. They've turned over the players. They've used free agency money. Uh, Jonah Williams is is a, is the 11th overall pick from the 2019 draft. Jackson Carmen was a, a second-round right, draft pick. There are a lot of offensive line coaches who would love to have the resources and the personnel that Frank Pollock has had, and yet here we are more than midway through this season still wondering why the offensive line play is suspect. At some point, and we're there, you point the finger at a coach. And by the way, our friend over there, who I think is on uh, Thanksgiving break from school, Donna, would, yeah. would agree. She raised the question to yeah. us. She came right in and brought it up. Yeah. Once wanted us to talk about Frank Pollock. Well, here we are. Because how do you not? Yeah. I just, I'm so tired of when I watch the Bengals having to rely on Burrow being Superman. <laughs> how are you gonna, how's he going to escape this thing? How's he going to keep a play alive? And then, to make matters worse, how many times this year alone have you watched a game and you're watching on TV and right as Burrow's hitting, he's taking a shot? Mm-hmm. And you see the ball completed, and then you're holding your breath to wait for them to flash back to make sure Burrow's up. Right. You are, you are playing with fire year in and year out by not getting this offensive line thing figured out. And now we've seen the calf. We've now seen the wrist. We've already seen a knee injury. Mm-hmm. These are devastating injuries for a quarterback. How much can you keep just relying on Joe Burrow magically getting out of stuff. Yeah, look, he's had four NFL seasons. Three of them have ended with his last play, him being hurt. The Super Bowl, he limped off the field. Now, it wasn't a knee injury to the same degree as it was uh, the year prior when he got injured against Washington, but still, the the point remains. And, 
they've tried the draft. I, I, what frustrates me is folks will say, well, this is what the Bengals get for neglecting the offensive line. Now, yep. you could say they got the wrong guys, but holy hell, whether it's the draft, whether it's free agency, player development, player development they've, they've tried almost everything except hire an offensive line coach that I feel good about. Correct. That now becomes the what's next right. for the Bengals. Like I wrote down, you know, from a personnel standpoint, I don't know what the future of T. Higgins is. I don't know the future of Tyler Boyd or D.J. Reader or others that they got to make decisions on because you're going to have to pay Jamar Chase. I don't know what the, the coaching future looks like because, again, you're, you're going to get seven opportunities to see the culture and the locker room, those key words we always talk about when the team is not competing for a Super Bowl. Because mm-hmm. the Super Bowl year, and last year, it's easy. Yeah. Right? Well, the culture in the locker room, this team's going to stick together. Yeah, because you, you're winning. Mm-hmm. What does it look like if you start losing some games? What can you do as an offensive play caller, Zach Taylor, to now scheme when Joe Burrow isn't your quarterback? Well, but you still got really good weapons. Yeah, and look, the one thing you can say is the last time they were, this is a dissimilar position from 2020. 2020, they competed. Once Joe got hurt, they beat the Steelers famously in prime time with Ryan Finley. They won the following mm-hmm. week with Brandon Allen playing quarterback. I expect something better because yep. this team is supposed to be better than that 2020 squad. We're here at Twin Peaks in Florence. You're darn right. It's the uh, Tony and Mo football show. We're broadcasting until uh, 530. Zach Taylor's got- Hey, it's Mo Egger. If you're a college basketball fan, you're going to love Long Neck Sports Grill. There are three locations in Northern Kentucky, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Each one of them has 4K TVs all over the place. And at Long Necks, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And the menu at Long Necks is awesome, but you've got to try their wings. No matter who your team is, you'll find them at Long Necks. This college basketball season, swing by Long Neck Sports Grill. Stay late. Come often. We're going to talk live at 3.30. We'll have that for you and uh, get the uh, latest from the head coach of the Bengals in the aftermath of what happened on Thursday. And as we start to turn the page to... Uh, Sunday, the Bengals take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's talk about what our expectations are uh, when we come back. And I'm going to ask you to be some combination of Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan. Oh, wow. Because now you've got a quarterback making his first NFL start against a pretty formidable defense on Sunday. That's when we come back. We're at uh, Twin Peaks in Florence on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. Jake Browning Show. Touchdown! Bengals! The borrowless Bengals turn to Jake Browning as the orange and black take on Pittsburgh's black and gold. Jake Browning throws the first touchdown pass of his NFL career. Will our Bengals rally around Jake the Snake for the win? Fight for the goal line! Touchdown! Dan Hoard and Dave Lampin have the call live. Bam! 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 Coverage begins Sunday morning at 9 on ESPN 1530, the official home of the Bengals. This is the Tony and Mo Football Show, live from Twin Peaks in Florence. Brought to you in part by Encore Technologies. Visit Encore.tech. Penn Station East Coast Subs. Penn Station, it's all in good taste. Honda East and Honda East Power Equipment Dealer, Nixco Plumbing. Choose a pro. Choose Nixco. First State Bank. Built on Belief. And by Ralph's American Grill in Wilmington, Ohio. Visit Ralph'sGrill.com. This is Cincinnati's ESPN 1530, the official home of the Bengals. All right, six after three on ESPN 1530, Mo Egger with Tony Pike. It's the uh, Tony and Mo football show. If you are just 
uh, turning us on. And you're thinking, wow, it's the beginning of the show. Mm. Awesome. Settling in for three hours. No, 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 no. No. We have been here for a half hour. The show started at 2.30. Where have you been? Got to listen. And uh, we're done at 5.30 today to make room for uh, UK basketball. The Wildcats taking on St. Joe's tonight. So uh, we have been underway now for a while. Zach Taylor is going to talk in uh, 24 minutes. Uh, his first public comments since Friday, Bengals and Steelers, as you heard the guy with the deep voice say, coming up on uh, Sunday. They, they have seven games remaining. So I think the obvious question that a lot of people have about Jake is, well, can the Bengals make the playoffs with Jake Browning? I don't expect that. Right. Uh, number one, much of that is out of their control because they have to, to leapfrog so many teams in order to make the playoffs. Uh, with the way with the way things stand right now, they're currently 11th in the AFC. They lose a bunch of tiebreakers. They're behind Pittsburgh. They're behind Buffalo, who has a half game lead. Uh, they're behind Indianapolis. Um, I don't expect the playoffs. I do expect them to win games, and this is something that you have touched on. But I don't expect them to be five and twelve. I don't expect them to be five and twelve. I, I don't know what it should look like. Is it seven wins? Is it eight wins? Here's what I do know: We have spent. <clears throat> the better part of three seasons talking about the positive influence of Zach Taylor. Mm-hmm. We have spent the past three seasons talking about what a good job Duke Tobin has done building the roster. We have spent the past three seasons discussing the merits of Lou Anarumo as a head coaching candidate. We have spent a lot of time talking in mostly pro- uh, positive terms about everything this franchise has become about. That can't get all undone because you lose Joe Burrow. Are the Bengals Super Bowl contenders today? No. Call it what it is. Look at it objectively. No. But if all the things we've said about this franchise and its coaching staff and its front office and its players are true, this team will not finish anywhere close to 5-12. and 12. Sure. Are the Cleveland Browns a Super Bowl contender? No. 7-3. and three. Mm-hmm. Keep finding ways to win. Um, in, in large part because of a good defense and a system in place. By the way, they also don't have their haven't had their best player correct on all de- year on offense at least all season. Yeah, and Dorian Thompson Robinson's playing quarterback. Right, good defense, mm-hmm. really good defense. They're finding ways to win games, so mm-hmm. it's doable. For me, that now is the biggest thing I'm looking for going forward. I mean, that you can nitpick at a bunch of different stuff or what can they do to help out Jake Browning. But all I've been fed for the last couple of years is culture mm-hmm. and locker room. And mm-hmm. I've agreed with that. I, I think it's true, too. I do think Zach Taylor yeah. as a head coach has been really, really good for the Bengals. Mm-hmm. I have not agreed with Zach Taylor as the play caller of the Cincinnati Bengals. And now the flaw of Zach Taylor is going to be on full display. Like He doesn't have his crutch right now. Because in years past, in games past, it has been Joe Burrow, just go make something happen. Right. They go right down the field against Houston. They don't do anything else until Burrow escapes the pocket and finds Chase down the field. Mm-hmm. Score the first two drives. We, we highlighted all the mid-game struggles. Now Superman is not wearing his cape for your team. Mm-hmm. So who is Zach Taylor after these seven games? Yeah. Is he a, an offensive coordinator that's going to give his team and his players – opportunities to still win football games. Yeah, and look, I, I, I would say the same about the front office and the organization as a whole in relation to the decision to make Jake Browning the guy. Now, obviously, yes, Browning had to beat out Trevor Simeon, but 
Boy, you and I spent a lot of time in August wondering, mm-hmm. is this the guy? If, if you need a quarterback for a stretch of games, and yeah, if he has to play seven games, you know, coffin nails, as Dan would say, mm-hmm. on your title hopes, but is, can you trust him? And the message from the Bengals during training camp was, yes, we can trust the winner of this quarterback derby. And then when it played out the way it did and Simeon clearly wasn't the guy and Browning, let's face it, performed unevenly at best. by default. And we talked about, you know, do you go get a veteran backup? Do you get somebody who's won games before? And the Bengals said, no, mm-hmm. Jake is the guy. Okay, let's see if you got it right. And let's see if all that time and effort you put in to develop him into this backup quarterback, if it's paid off. There's a lot we're going to find out about the decision to make Jake Browning the backup quarterback and their ability to successfully develop him. And if it doesn't pan out, how much now do you have to consider the offseason of what to do at backup quarterback? Yeah. Because for years it was just, ah, it's backup quarterback. Well, you don't want to say pro, injury prone, but the track record right now has said that here in Cincinnati you're going to need someone to come in and play, whether it's a game or a half or seven Mm -hmm. games. Mm -hmm. You have got to – evaluate the backup quarterback situation much differently if it doesn't pan out with Jake Browning over the last seven weeks. And again, it's a quarterback who we talked about every single day of training camp not really doing anything to win a job. We pleaded. They got to get somebody. They got to bring in someone. They held Pat. They stood where they were. And it got so bad that they showed you their hand in in the early part of the season when Joe Burrow was nowhere close to being healthy that a Joe Burrow at 50% is better than anything we still have on this roster. Now you got to turn to that guy. I say this often. We, we talk about the draft, and when your team is good, we, we discuss, boy, how important it is to build depth, right? Get depth pieces. We value depth at every position until we talk about the most important mm-hmm. position in sports. Then we're very dismissive about it. Yep. If you have watched how the league has played out this year, including obviously in Cincinnati, to me... If you go into any season thinking your guy's going to start 17 games and play every meaningful yep. snap, you're being neglectful. You're Correct. being irresponsible. The plan should be not, well, we have to have a good backup in case he plays. The plan should be we have to have a backup he's, who's ready to go when he has to play, when he is yeah. called on, because it's going to happen. And if this season doesn't, doesn't illustrate that for you, I can't help you. I've seen people suggest, look, you're overblowing this. You're not winning a title without Joe Burrow, just the way Patrick Mahomes isn't winning a title in Kansas. Kansas City's not winning a title without uh, Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. or Philadelphia's not winning a title without Jalen Hurts. And all of that is true, but Patrick Mahomes won a title last year in part because a backup came in in a playoff game and kept the team yeah. functioning, kept afloat. things afloat, right? That's all I'm looking for. What I want to find out about Jake Browning now is next season. Mm-hmm. Let's say Jake has to play a significantly fewer number of snaps relative to this year. Can he keep things afloat? Because on Thursday when he came in, we all looked at each other and said, they're screwed. Regardless right. of what happened with the rest of the team, they're screwed. But nothing about how they coach the rest of the game shows me that they have confidence in Jake Browning. It's completely different. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you going for it on fourth down? Make a statement. Go right. for it. Give him some confidence. Give him some chances to push the ball down the field. It was like they had, they had to hold his hand the whole time. That doesn't instill confidence in anybody. So, again, now with a quarterback who's going to have another major surgery, it's not the first for Joe Burrow, you have to completely reevaluate 
how you handle, as you said, the most important position on the field. For instances just like this, Kirk Cousins went down. Their season is not over. No. Because they have found a way to right the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, Indianapolis. The, the Indianapolis Colts. The Cleveland Browns mm-hmm. have figured it out a way, not, not just without their starting quarterback, one of the best running backs in the NFL, yeah. have figured out a way to keep things afloat. And I'm not saying the Browns are a Super Bowl contender or the Colts or, or the Minnesota Vikings, but they're contending for something. Yeah. They're, contending, they're, they're contending to play after Week 18 in the NFL, and that's because they have made an effort to put that evaluation in the backup quarterback role and still, as a coaching staff, be able to function at a high level without it as well. Look at the opposite. The Jets have just said now, bullishly for weeks, <laughs> we're just going to ride it out with Zach Wilson. Yeah. And now it's become an issue because Zach's clearly not the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, what if the Jets had a, I, I don't know, a Joe Flacco that, that's right. been in for a couple weeks now? You know, and, and you've addressed that and you still got a really good team around him. There's one of two ways it can go. I just don't want to see the Bengals. Well, you know, this it is what it is. No, you made this decision not Thursday night. You made this decision all of training camp when Jake Browning and Trevor Simeon didn't want to win the battle because they were both performing poorly, yeah. and you decided to stand pat with what you had. All right, do this for me. You're Zach Taylor. You've got to get Jake Browning ready to play mm-hmm. as the starter. You've got to devise a game plan and construct an offense around what you know he can and can't do. What does that look like? Well, the, the first conversation I'm having is understanding the opponent. And the opponent coming in scores 16 points a game. So just based off that, you're going to be in the game. Mm-hmm. Just based on the fact that Cleveland can't score 20 points, as a quarterback or as a coach, you have to have an understanding that you cannot give them opportunities don't turn the ball over that's your first thing you want a little bit more of a safe game plan you got to rely heavily on the the running situation and for me i've told this story before when i was coming out of the the my draft preparation i had a, i was i was at an event and i saw ben roethlisberger mm-hmm. and he was telling me about leading up to his first super bowl they had like 22 plays in the playbook I'm like, God, that's crazy. For the Super Bowl. For the Super Bowl. But the thought was, now, off of each of those plays, you can run different variations. Right. But the thought was, we'd rather our young quarterback be confident in everything we call than to have a call come in and second-guess it at all. Right. So, for the Pittsburgh mentality, it was what? All right, tell us what you're really comfortable with, and we're going to find variations to run those plays because I'd rather a quarterback be confident and play fast than a quarterback that's struggling. So, hey, in the early meetings, you had a couple extra days. Mm-hmm. What plays in our playbook are you – we haven't had a chance to do this a lot. Right. What plays in our playbook are you the most comfortable with that you can perform at a high level? Maybe not ask to make a bunch of checks at the line of scrimmage. There's, there's read plays. There's plays you have to adjust. There's plays that are based off one-high, two-high safeties. But there's also plays in the playbook that are called call it and run it. I'd play more of those. Mm-hmm. Call it and run it so he doesn't have to go to the line <laughs> – and decipher what the defense is doing and think about too many over, too many things. Cut the playbook way down. Find out what he's most comfortable with. I don't care if it's 15, 20 plays. Right. And then from that, find a game plan that you're going to go about and get Jamar Chase and your playmakers involved 
in any way possible. 18 minutes after 3 o'clock, Zach Taylor is going to talk in about uh, 12 minutes. We're here at Twin Peaks in Florence. It's the Tony and Mo football show on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. After 3 ESPN 1530 Tony and Mo football show broadcasting from uh, Twin Peaks in Florence. We are minutes away from Zach Taylor press conference live live press conference we'll have that for you coming up uh come on out and see us here at uh, twin peaks we're broadcasting until uh, 5 30 and we will be back here a week from today the day after the Bengals take on the uh, pittsburgh steelers we do have a full slate of nfl games to uh, talk about more on cleveland v pittsburgh we also have to talk about the non-traversy involving uh the Bengals and the injury report and i guess we have to spend a few minutes on what happened in morgantown on saturday even though well, I mean, I'm not sure that performance deserves. Much I don't know time. How, why we have to talk about any. If, the, if they chose not to show up, why do we have to show up and talk about them? Very fair point. Twenty five after three. We're at Twin Peaks in Florence on ESPN fifteen thirty Cincinnati Sports Station. Cincinnati's. All right, time for Zach Taylor's press conference. Here it is now on ESPN fifteen thirty. Uh, I think improving through the weekend. So we'll, we'll see once we get to Wednesday, kind of how they feel. Um, some of them are a little limited in walkthrough. As for Joe Burrow surgery, do y'all have a date set yet? Not yet. Zach, is there a way? I mean, I know you guys are still gathering information, but say you guys were able to make make it to the postseason, would he be able to come back in the postseason? I would not think so. Okay. Are y'all still in the kind of information gathering process? On that? Yes. How much have you seen him here in the last couple of days? Oh, today. I mean, um, players weren't in this weekend, but today I saw him on everything we did. There were moments of throws from routing against Baltimore that you found particularly encouraging. Well, the first one's a tough one. You know, it's a naked to your left. The throw to Trent Irwin, uh, that was good. Um, good awareness. You know, even even the third down one to Trent Irwin that they ended up overruling, I thought was a really good throw. Um, they're in the two-minute drive at the end of the first half. So th- those were some impressive plays that he made, some of the scrambles he made to extend some plays. So I, I was very encouraged with how he played. Obviously, the job of the quarterback is to go win the game for us. But um, I know that everybody's got a lot of confidence in Jake and, and excited to watch him play. As he develops, you know, what has he been working on and what could be a next step for him to make another leap Well, I think he's just always preparing himself. You know, the things that happened during the week, the protection meetings, all that kind of stuff that's – um, there's always more to playing quarterback than just completing the ball. And, and that's one thing I've, I've certainly had a lot of confidence in Jay because you just watch him prepare to be the starter all week. Um, the calmness, the confidence in him. Uh, again, I mentioned this earlier, just to go on the road on a Thursday night, short week, tough environment, and have the poise that he had uh, shows that, that um, you know we can have that confidence in him because he was ready for that moment. Looks like uh, his arm strength. Yeah, he's got good game speed. Yeah. You know, it's I don't know what his forty time is, but some guys just have that that awareness and that knack for making plays out there with their legs. And you saw that from Jake lot in the preseason; those were really the opportunities he got. You saw it show up the other night. Um, the quarterback's job is to get the ball in the end zone and move the team. And and I thought Jake Jake's got that ability to do that for us. Big part of it, Zach also was commanding the offense, commanding teammates yep. when you're in the huddle, and some of the guys inside said that's what you know has re- really impressed them in the preseason. When he has- no question. You know he he's been here a long time. He he knows all the ins and outs of the quarterback as well as as well as all the other guys we've ever had come through here. And so excited to watch him get out there and compete.
What is the Just a quick follow. What is the key to commanding an offense? Well, full ownership in what you're doing. You know, first of all, so. If you're in there and guys got to feel that you don't maybe have full command over what's being asked to you, then it's hard for them to um, to respond maybe when you're asking some of them. So what Jake has got is a full command of what we want of this offense, the intent of everything we're doing, full command at his position. And so then when he needs to talk to guys and ask for more, um, they they know that he's he's 100% certain of what he's doing. And so guys will rally behind that, and, and Jake certainly has those qualities. Go ahead, Avi. Do you have one? Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Thank you. Uh, there's a lot of quarterbacks around here. Uh, there's, there's a lot of quarterbacks around here, and I know it's only high school, but you guys ever look at his numbers and what he did in high school? Absolutely, yeah. I, I love looking at that kind of stuff, you know, and um, – Certainly, always been aware of that. the The prolific high school career he had was was aware of him, you know, during his time at Washington. And um, so, yeah, it's. I mean, those are things. As a as a kid who grew up playing quarterback, I was always uh, searching every website I could back in the late '90s, early 2000s. Of um, you know, all those guys that set all those records, the, the Booty Brothers, the Mocks, all of those guys, Chris Leak, all those guys. You were always aware of those record setting and guys. And and Jake is certainly in that category, having a prolific career over there in California. Each game tells a different story, and that's how you guys look at it as coaches. But did the long weekend allow you guys to maybe evaluate what's been going on in terms of allowing as many explosive plays as you have in the last two games? So. Well, it's certainly something we got to shore up, and sometimes that happens with plays down the field. You're in one-on-one situations, um, and it's it's not something that we want to have happen. I think our guys um, are eager to kind of hit the reset button, not, not necessarily hit the reset button, but get refocused here as we play Pittsburgh. And um, it was good to have that three-day rest, extra three days for guys to get healthy and respond the right way. And um, I, I love the attitude that we've had from the guys in the building, the energy. And so I, I'm excited to watch this team compete this week. How much of that also, Zach, is you know, we take for granted maybe that some of these young guys have gotten thrown into the, the mix like a DJ Turner, Dax Hills. Cam Taylor Britt, they're still a relatively young secondary, and sometimes they're growing things. Still, is that part of it or no? Well, I mean, it's it's on everybody at this point. You know, we're we're over the halfway point in the season, so um, everyone's expected to be up to the standard right now. And and again, it's um, we played played some really talented quarterbacks, some guys that are playing really hot right now. You know, and and they had some explosives, C.J. Stroud and Lamar and. Um, those guys will test you, but it's up to our guys to respond. And obviously, on, as, a, as an entire team right now, we, these last two weeks especially, we haven't played up to the standard that we've held ourselves to. And uh, so it'll be good, good to get back to that this week. Speaking of those young guys back there, did we see a changing of the guard last week with Jordan Battle and coming in and just kind of taking that job? I thought he made the most of his opportunities, you know, and so we're going to continue to rely on everybody moving forward. But Jordan did a great job. Um, you saw him play a lot of the snaps in this game. That's going to continue as we go forward. Uh, so, again, it's all about grabbing the opportunity that's in front of you. And, and I think Jordan's done a good job of that. He's got to continue to be consistent going forward. Yeah, um, for a lot of players, you know, four weeks in on IR in the middle of the season, just a little bit of a blip. But for a rookie who's kind of building, I mean, how, how tough is that for Chase Brown to kind of shut it down and then get it back up? It, hard for me to answer that yet. You know, it's today's the day that we, we activate his window. I think he's feeling really good. And so it's good to see him get him out there full speed. You know, he was a guy we were starting to kind of give more to. Uh, right before, I mean, literally right as it happened. You know, that practice had been a good one for him, um, had given him some opportunities. And so we'll, we'll just see uh, how he responds to this, getting back into the mix of things, getting into team drills. Um, I think he feels pretty good right now, so we'll see how quickly we can get him up to speed and use him. Back to Jordan Battle, you know, Lou hasn't played a ton of rookie safeties. How much have you seen the, what he showed you in his uh, 
combine interview, Jordan Battle. How much have you seen that kind of translate and help him hit the ground running? I think the football intelligence is something that stands out right out the gate. You know, from from the interviews you've had at the combine and. Uh, you know, Zoom interviews guys have had with him before. That was something we knew we were getting. Obviously, a talented player. He's played a lot of football over his high school career, his career at Alabama. And and you saw that this spring when he came in here and was doing the OTAs and all that stuff. You could see how quickly he picked things up. So that was encouraging. And now to get out there and do it live and um, made a lot of great tackles, was involved in a lot of plays the other day. And so that, that's encouraging and we'll continue to build off of that. Um, you know, sometime this this week, I would imagine. Zach, you've used the word respond several times today. So there are so many people ready to write this team off because the body blow you take of not having your quarterback for the season. How do you think this team will respond this coming Sunday going forward playing for Alabama? They're excited. You know, it's something this team's always done is block out the noise and just focus on week to week. And you've seen this team go through many things over the course of this season, previous seasons. Um, one thing you know is that they'll always respond the right way. They're made of the right stuff. That's a big part of building this team is making sure the character that you get in there. And so, again, ex- excited to go back to work this week. Um, I think we all feel pretty fresh coming off that weekend. And uh, just excited to get back on the field Sunday and go play a game. I think seven different backup quarterbacks and other teams to win so far this year. Dobbs has done it with a couple of teams. <laughs> say anything about kind of the state of backup quarterback play and the, the chances of teams winning with their backup guy? You know, I just focused on our backups. Um, so I haven't paid as much attention around. I, I am familiar with Dobbs' story. I think it's incredible. Um, we believe in Jake, and that's why he's here, and that's why he's getting this opportunity. And that's what matters most to us. Um, obviously, we believe that he can he can help us go win games, and so that's why we're turning to him right now, and I'm excited to go watch him play. <laughs> This has been the Zach Taylor Press Conference on ESPN 1530, the official home of the Bengals. All right, there you go, Zach Taylor, his uh, Monday press conference, which is, I guess it's kind of like his Wednesday press conference because he had a press conference on Friday. Bengals getting set to play the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday afternoon. That game kicks off at 1 o'clock, and you'll hear it live on ESPN 1530 with pregame coverage beginning at 9 a.m. We are broadcasting from uh, Twin Peaks in Florence. It's uh, the Tony and Moe football show. I asked you about preparing a game plan for Jake Browning. Mm. Now we have to talk about what happens if Jake can't execute that game plan. What's the recourse? And how long is the leash? That is next. Tony and Moe football show on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. After 100 years. All right, a little bit of a a weird schedule today because of the 2.30 start quickly here. Sports headlines and service of Kelsey Chevrolet, home of Lifetime Powertrain Protection and a guaranteed credit approval from their family to yours for life, KelseyChev.com. Uh, the Bengals have cleared Chase Brown to come back to practice, designated him, designating him for, from, I can't talk, designating Ooh. him for return from IR. Okay. Say that five times fast. Uh, Drew Plitt from Loveland is back in the practice squad. Guard Jackson Kirkland has been... Uh, placed on the practice squad injured list with a wrist injury, the second most significant wrist injury the Bengals are dealing with. Bengals-Steelers Sunday on ESPN 15:30 Monday Night Football, Super Bowl rematch. It's the Chiefs, it's the Eagles, it's on Fox Sports. 13:60. UC tight end Shaman Mateer tweeted just a few minutes ago that he is entering the transfer portal. Not great. That means he's not going to play on Saturday. That's weird. Normally this would happen like Sunday morning. So... 
you already had players skipping bowl games. Yeah. Now you're going to have players skipping inconsequential regular right. season games. When does There's it stop? There's only going to be more of this. When does it stop? Kentucky because now every player wants to be the first one in. Right. The quicker he gets in, the quicker other teams can start to do their research. UK and St. Joe's tonight at 7 on ESPN, 1530. So Jake Browning's going to be the guy, which means A.J. McCarron moves up, and he's now the backup. The Bengals are pl- these games matter, mm-hmm. right? They're playing for a playoff spot. You might not think they can get one, but these games matter. How long is the leash? How long do you let Jake go before you consider making a change? Not long, if the games still matter. Um, I just don't know. Since arriving, AJ McCarron has been doing a lot of scout team stuff, mm-hmm. so he's in more defensive meetings than anything. Mm-hmm. Scout meetings, right? So it's not like every time the offense meets, AJ's in there learning the offense. So it's a little different. Now, during the bye week, I'm sure they took some time with him to get him up to speed. Sure. A mini bye here. He's been around. I, I wouldn't expect, especially if you're shrinking a playbook anyway for Jake Browning, mm-hmm. why couldn't you do that for A.J. McCarron? Yeah, I mean, look, say what you want about A.J. A.J. is a bit of a journeyman backup. He's seen a lot more right. than what Browning he's has. He's got a lot more. And he N- almost won a playoff game here. Yeah, he's got a lot more NFL experience than Jake Browning has. And so... Look, the idea is you go into the game, Jake plays well enough, you never think about pulling him. Right. But for me, because these games matter, this isn't it's Jake or nothing. It's Jake to start, but I'm willing to pull the trigger and give AJ a chance if Jake isn't showing me something because of the importance of these games, some of which, including this one on Sunday, I guess will be close. I wouldn't I wouldn't do it in the middle of a game if I had my my choice i'd like to have a full week of preparation but let's say sunday comes around and let's say it's seven to three in the fourth quarter Mm -hmm. pittsburgh's offense hasn't done anything they got one one score the Bengals can't do anything against pittsburgh defense seven three yeah game is in the balance yeah would you pull the trigger i think so you have to because the game still matter yeah if you are mathematically out of it hey we're just going to ride this out we're going to get Jake Brown in this experience and then make our decision. Right. You're still in it. Right. If it's, again, a one-score game Sunday and the offense has done nothing, how can you justify keeping him in the game yeah. if it's about winning? I'm treating Jake Browning like a backup, the, the backup who's not the future of the franchise, the backup right. that we don't know that much about, the, the backup who's disposable. I, I think we're, we're totally on the same page here. I'm willing to give Jake – the first crack at it, as they did against Baltimore, in part because they've been essentially grooming him for this role for for quite some time. But this is a must-win game. I know, you know, it it, it feels weird to talk about it in these terms because we're so fatalistic regarding Joe Burrow and his absence, but this is a must-win game. You're at home playing the team you're chasing. The margin for error is tiny. If that scenario unfolds in fourth quarter, it's 10-3 or 10 nothing, and Jake is playing poorly. I've got to win that game. Mm-hmm. I can't do any worse with A.J. McCarron. Right. Clearly, I'll give him a shot. What message does it send if you don't? What message would that send to the we're, locker room? We're, we're punting. Because we just talked about the culture mm-hmm. in the locker room. You're just going to be – because I guarantee you this, the culture – Najee Harris just talked about it after the game yesterday. The culture in Pittsburgh. What do you think the culture's like in that Jets locker room right now? Why? Because one side of the team is playing really well, and they're underperforming. If you keep running a, an offense out there just to run it, you're not doing anything to, to 
let yourself succeed. Let me ask you two questions. Can you tailor the attack? Joe Mixon, I thought, played well the other night. Mm-hmm. They ran the ball reasonably effectively. Now, they, they peeled off some runs when the game was lopsided sure. and Baltimore was, was letting them run. Can you lean into that a little bit more schematically and from a personnel standpoint? Yeah, you have to. Can, can you put Drew Sample on the field more and say, you know what, blocking tight end got to. is going to have to block. Chase Brown is coming back. Maybe he plays this week. And the Bengals are never going to be a running team. But I, I know you have to, but can they do it effectively enough to win? Well, that's the thing. We talk about backup quarterback. They didn't really address running back either. No. It's just been this weird position of, all right, there goes P. Ryan, who was a big role on this team, and who has it been filled with? Who's the backup right now? Travion Williams. Williams? Yeah. Like by by choice? Is it by what he went and got, or is it kind of by default? Like there's just – they didn't address running back. They're like, no, we're good where we're at. They didn't address quarterback. We're good where we're at. And now you're in this situation where you are going to have to run the ball more. You better find ways to get your playmakers the ball because that's the last thing you want mm-hmm. is Jamar Chase going through these last seven and saying, wait a second, if, if I'm not the focal point here, what am I doing? Right. That's where you really start to go down a, a, a slope. So, yes, find ways to get Chase the ball more, line up and run the ball more, go under center, work some play action passing. I just want to see something that resembles an NFL offense. Without Joe Burrow. Yeah. If if what I saw on Thursday can be applied to the game plan on Sunday, mm-hmm. running the ball, sure, they should be okay in that regard. Here's the other thing I now worry the, about. Now, the caveat to that is anyone that's in the Pittsburgh building today is saying the same thing. No question. So now it's no going to be what? No question. There's two to Jamar. Right. Load the extra hat in the box. No question. So, so how do you, Zach Taylor, thank you. scheme that? The other part of this is... Now you have to play field position football. Mm. I'm not sure this punter's the oh. guy. Brad Robbins? Oh. He wasn't good. He needs Connor Stallions. He really does. There's a lot of people mm-hmm. in this tri-state area that yeah. could use Connor Stallions. Right. Scott Satterfield, Connor Stallions. Yeah, he could use Connor Stallions. Brad Robbins. He could use some players, too. Well, <laughs> He's a tight end How now. much more time do we have? <laughs> it's just, I, I'm, 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 I'm in shock at the, I'm in shock at the tight end situation. At both schools now. Or both, uh, both places, both places yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm can Shimon come play for the, yeah. for the Bengals? Can he play for the Sunday? Bengals already? I just... But, I mean, legitimately, now you have to play field position football. Yeah. I can't... I don't know that I can do that with this punter. No. Um, he had a couple bad ones the other night, too. He's bad. No no hang time. No. <sighs> it's, it's hard, because I, I also feel bad. I'm watching all these Drew Chrisman Instagram videos that he posts. He looks like the saddest dude alive right now, going right. from town to town. Um. We, we saw firsthand in the, in the Kansas City game last year what special teams means. Lack it, of hang time. It, but it, it costs means you. more now. It yes. means more now. Yes, because if you're going to be doing it, you're going to have to win games like Iowa's winning games right now. Oh, good God. Right? Like, but, that, but that's, that's legitimately true, what it is. Right. Like, why, why for these years has Baltimore been a problem, even without Lamar? Well, you still got Justin Tucker and a good defense. Mm-hmm. When, you, when the special teams matches – you can overcome some stuff, but what happens? Uh, negative plays from special teams and explosive plays given up. Mm-hmm. Outside of turnovers, that's what's going to get you beat. The explosive plays on the Bengals' defense right now have been alarming. Special teams play has been alarming. We've seen that at UC this year. Terrible special teams play. Mm-hmm. Not enough explosives on offense. Given up way too many on defense. There's no recipe for success in those. 
All right. I want to ask you about what the Browns did against Pittsburgh that enabled them to win with a backup quarterback. Uh, and then there's two other parts of the game on Thursday that we have to spend time on. One is I'm starting to really wonder what pass interference is. I don't know what pass interference is. And I also don't know how he can't get a play in on time. That. And then this whole thing about them being accused oh. or investigated for hiding the injury. Investigate. Investigating, Gate. yeah. For hiding Joe Burrow's injury. Yeah. Remember that commercial that used to run on iHeart where it, that lady was like, feels like they're hiding something. Yes. It's kind of what I felt like Sunday. I wish, the we, Bengals had, hiding I wish something. we had that audio. I wish we yeah. had that lady. I wish she could be here today, too. It is uh, five minutes away from uh, 4 o'clock. We're at uh, Twin Peaks in Florence. It's, uh, the t- I'm not sure that lady is, is still. <laughs> like when you say, wish she was here, yeah. I, I hope she's here on Earth. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Uh, we're at uh, Twin Peaks in Florence. It's, Happy Thanksgiving uh, week. The Tony and Bo football show till 5.30 today on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. This is the Tony and Mo Football Show, live from Twin Peaks in Florence. Brought to you in part by Encore Technologies. Visit Encore.tech. Penn Station East Coast Subs. Penn Station, it's all in good taste. Honda East and Honda East Power Equipment Dealer, Nixco Plumbing. Choose a pro, choose Nixco. First State Bank, built on belief. And by Ralph's American Grill in Wilmington, Ohio. Visit ralphsgrill.com. This is Cincinnati's ESPN 1530, the official home of the Bengals. All right, we're midway through. This is a weird day, man. The, it's been a the, weird week. The 2.30 start time, the weird week, Thursday night football, Joe Burrow getting hurt, done for the year. It's Tony and Mo football show. We're still here. We're broadcasting from, that's right, you never know who the quarterback of the Bengals is going to be, but you know we're going to be here every man. Monday or in two weeks on Tuesday. We're, by here today, we mean Twin Peaks and Florence. Yes which is where we're going to be next week. Yes. And, uh, you know, the Bengals lost, and everybody's dauber is down, so to speak, but uh, the beer is still cold, the food is good, the staff is great. What a night of sports. you got a great place to watch. Good college basketball slate. We're that in is Kentucky, under- right? This isn't a great game. It's supposed Tennessee. to be Big Blue Nation over Syracuse, here? Syracuse, uh, Big Blue plays tonight. Louisville, IU. Wow. If you're a Kentucky fan, you could hate watch that game. Monday night football game of the year. Right. You can't beat it. And if you make it here in the next uh, hour and 23 minutes, you can sign up for Luke Combs tickets. Oh, yeah. We got Luke Combs tickets. Our guy Bobby is signing Luke people up. Luke Combs tickets. Luke Combs tickets. Bobby's done a great job of not only giving out the Luke Combs tickets, he keeps us up to speed on what folks could or could not be saying on Twitter. That's great. I really do appreciate that. Because we take everyone's opinion into account here on this show. We do, including our friend Donna. Yeah. UD student. Yep. Here to watch the show. Donna showed up at like 2.15, like, hey, here's the list here's what of I things talk about. I'd like. If you guys could could knock this off Done. for me today, that'd be great. You know, we take requests. Yes. And you, she wanted us to talk about Frank Pollock, who's the offensive line coach. And we yeah. did. And Frank's offensive line, again, struggled on Thursday. She also made a, a pretty good point, Tony, that Frank Pollock, in addition to his duties as the offensive line coach, is the run game coordinator. And the Bengals have mm. had a lackluster run game now for a while. Yeah. You run know, game coordinator. There was a part of the run game, too. Kelsey Conway tweeted out Brian Callahan speaking today as well. Yeah. Uh, Cordell Volson. We don't, we don't have to carry that, do we? Cordell Volson has had an up-and-down year, says Brian Callahan. There's room for improvement there, which is expected. You think? Like block somebody. But I read that, and I started thinking, like, I don't want that. I don't want going into next year talking about, ah, there could be room for improvement. 
you better know what there is next year. Right. Like you have to you have to be dead set solid going forward on staff and player personnel by the time that first but, game happens but, next but year. But you know who this makes me mad at? Jackson Carmen. Yeah. Like, wasn't the idea when they used a second-round pick second on Jackson Carmen in 2021, wasn't the idea for Jackson Carmen to be yes. playing one of those positions? Yes. And wasn't the position that he had a chance to win last year left guard? Now, yes. Bolson beat him out and deserved the starting gig. But the idea was, two years ago by now, J- Jackson Carmen most game days, isn't even active. So this just makes me matter at Jackson Carmen. Can I ask you a question? Please. The head coach calls the plays. Yeah. But they have an offensive coordinator. No idea. What the hell does the run game coordinator do? No idea. Is that just a, like a, a phony job title to get him more money? I just want to I want to know. What does he do? If I could have like a wish granted. Would he be a better offensive line coach if he wasn't coordinating the run game? I want to be hiding in the corner of a room on Monday when Zach Taylor, Brian Callahan, and Frank Pollock get together. To do what? That's what I want to know. I want to know what that meeting happened. What, what's that about? Because what does, I, I what truly, does a run game coordinator do? I truly still don't know the dynamic with Callahan and Taylor of input and things like that as an OC. Yeah. And then, like, I just, like, imagine, like, off in the corner is Frank Pollock. Like, guys, if I could comment on the run game real quick. <laughs> and they're like, all right, Frank, you got 10 seconds. What do you got? I just I don't know what that dynamic is. All I know is Frank Pollock became the Bengals' offensive line coach when Marvin Lewis was still here. Yeah. Right? And it was, oh, this guy is Glass intense. Eater. And, like, I always joke, whenever there's a new coaching staff, like, the new offensive coordinator in every city is always aggressive. Yep. The new, or I'm sorry, the new offensive coordinator is always up-tempo. Yeah. And the new defensive coordinator is always aggressive. And the new offensive line coach is always intense. Yeah. So Zach Taylor takes over. He was so impressed by Mr. Intensity's intensity that – he replaced him with his Jim Turner cat. Yeah. He was no good. And then, Not a great background. But, yeah. yeah. And then they bring back Frank Pollock. And all we've done since Frank Pollock has been the offensive line coach slash run game coordinator is complain about the offensive line. But then what happens if, if you are Frank Pollock and the run game is going well in a game, but then they just don't call anything? Do you sit there like, that's not on me? Probably. We were running the ball well tonight. Now, protection. Is there a pass protection coordinator? Or is that too much on Frank's plate? I would think, in ordinary circumstances, that would be the offensive line. Well, now coach. that's a lot because now the, he's an O line slash run game coordinator. Who worried? Maybe no one is worried about the pass protection, which is the case if you watch some of these games. Well, I, I just it makes me wonder more. What does Brian Callahan do? Because the offensive coordinator, I think, calls plays. Well, no, Zach does that. Okay, well, he coordinates the offense except for the run plays. So he's the pass game coordinator of huh? a team that has the head coach call the place. And then, like, what's the whole dynamic? In this era of, like, you know, cost-cutting, Yeah. You know, if I'm running the Bengals, I'm going, can we do this in a more Checking effective, every box. streamlined way? So was it Frank Pollock, Duke Tobin, or somebody else that looked at, like, the draft projection grade of Jackson Carmen as a fourth-rounder and went, was hitting the table in the second round, like, wait a second. Traded down This guy's a can't miss. I know it says he'd be available in the fourth, can we really risk it and wait? No, let's go get him in the second. I want to know who made that call. So I remember because that this. player is not dressing on Sundays. Right. So all I know is when they drafted Jackson Carmen, and a lot of folks wondered, God, you took him there. It was, uh-uh, 
Frank Pollock, you give Frank Pollock this guy, he is going to turn into not just a starting caliber player, but yeah. he is going to be a foundational piece of this offensive line. Doesn't even dress on game day. They also gave Frank Pollock Lel Collins. Remember, people were at Kenwood Mall. They wouldn't let Lel Collins leave the city. Yeah. He got him, and now he was gone in a year. I think Frank Pollock should be working at Kenwood Mall. Wow. Right? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm now, see, now I'm going down this wormhole. Now I want to know who else was drafted between the second and the fourth round of the 2021 NFL draft. All right, we're going to do that during the break. A couple of other things. The officiating on Thursday. Cool. Both sides. Abysmal. Stunk. Abysmal. Peter King, uh, the well-respected writer for NBC Sports, called it an over-officiated game and then spent 14 minutes on NBC Sports on Friday morning talking about it. That was as poorly officiated. It's not why the Bengals lost, because the Odell Beckham hold was a terrible call, too. Yes. The officiating in that game was textbook awful. And now pass interference. Like, I'm anti-replay as a general rule. First of all, I just you see it in the college and pro level. It happened to UC on Saturday, where now the trend is have the wide receiver slow down his route, and then pretty much automatically he's going to yeah. run into the why DB. Why not? Underthrow the deep ball. Something has got to be done with that. And if we are going to have replay, I'm starting to get to a point where let's go back to what we did in 2019 for a year and have pass interference be reviewed. I hate that yeah. I'm doing that, but I watch this sport week in, week out. There, are, there is more frustration with that particular call slash non-call than any other, and it goes such a long way toward determining the outcome of games. Yeah, it's never clear. It's never cut and dry. And I guess the thing is, like, you're always, from like a fan base standpoint, you're always going to think that your team is on the bad end of calls. Mm-hmm. But when we can, like, fairly say it's not just against the Bengals but against other teams, like you mentioned, the Odell Beckham Jr. holding call was awful. Yeah. If you can point out that it's a bad on both sides and across the league, yeah. that's more than just, oh, you're just a homer for the team. Right. No, it's been terrible everywhere. Everywhere. Awful. Every week. Awful. Every week it dominates the discussion. I agree. Of, th- th- otherwise, it's great in, games. It gets in the ways of good games. It does. Um, so Joe Burrow was photographed getting off the plane with what he says was a compression sleeve on his wrist. Mm-hmm. The image is tweeted, then deleted, which shouldn't have happened. Yeah, that was weird. Then Joe goes out there and plays. He warms up and looks fine. Then he gets injured during the game. And so the NFL, and I, I understand investigating, mm-hmm. fine. Uh, there are many, or at least some, including our guy David Portnoy, who we, we met. Yeah. At the uh, Breeders' Cup. At the Breeders' Cup. He but, put a large amount of money on the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. And now he's going to sue because yeah. the Bengals skirted the rules, he says, and reporting injuries. I think what happened on Thursday is an unfortunate coincidence. Uh, the worst coincidence. Mm-hmm. Because I truly don't feel in, like, watching – I'll watch, like, the pregame warm-up videos. Yeah. He wasn't to- limited in any way. Not wearing anything. Early in the game, he was, like, his throws had the same amount of zip and velocity they always have. <laughs> I don't believe there was anything there. I just believe the the looks of it couldn't have went worse. No doubt. First, there's a picture, mm-hmm. and he's got some type of brace on, and then that picture is deleted, mm-hmm. and then that same wrist he injures during the game. Right. What are the odds of that? Terrible coincidence. So, and there was no limitations in practice. No doubt. I'm not going to say he wasn't feeling any discomfort. I don't know. I'm not him. Yeah. But if, if every NFL player who was dealing with an ache or a pain was on the injury report yeah. at this point of the year, you would be reading the names of over 50 guys per week. At this point of the year, 
everyone is getting treatment. Right. Everyone is getting ice or heat. Every player hurts. Yes. So I look at practice practice designations. Right. Correct. He's out there. Then I'm trusting he's good. Yep. Now, if something were out there, and here's the problem. Like when I played, everything from the social media standpoint wasn't highlighted. Right? So, like, if Joe Burrow walked out right now in a T-shirt, people would have, like, into a regular practice would be a concern. Right. Back then, like, social media wasn't where it was at, so it was just like, oh, wonder what's going on there. Yeah. Now it gets blown out of proportion, and the other side of this, as Portnoy is highlighting, <laughs> is the sports gambling side of this. No doubt. That's, that now is where you get a lot of people that are questioning and, and going to be angry about it. But coaches forever <laughs> – and will always do everything to hide as much as possible. No question. Zach Taylor said he thought it was, from all he knew, it was a sprain. He probably knew it was going to be worse. But yeah. Just, I mean, but coaches will always, always err on the side of just keeping it as vague as possible. Yeah, I mean, look, the injury report back before gambling was legal in so many places, we would acknowledge the, the injury report exists for gamblers. Oh, no, it doesn't. Well, why does it exist? Now, mm-hmm. it's out there, right? It's the main reason why it exists, and, and the teams and the league should take it seriously. First of all, I believe this is a total coincidence. Second, I have no issue with the NFL investigating. I think they're going to have a hard time coming up with a, a serious allegation that the Bengals cheated. But if you are looking for every player who experiences any sort of pain during the season Good luck. to be on the report, then the report's going to be every guy on the roster. Yep. I want to handicap the AFC playoff race. Whoa, man. We'll do that there's when we come a, there's back. There's a lot there. Let's do it. Um, you know, this is – so typically it would be like 4.50 for us, but yeah. we started a half hour early. And normally that 5.30 segment is when we talk college football. Do we make the 5.30 segment happen earlier? Or, since the show is over at 5.30, does that keep us from having to talk about the Bearcats v. Mountaineers? Well, it's crazy because there's college football. I'd like to talk about it. just doesn't pertain anything to the Bearcats. We can do that. Yeah, let's do that. Because chaos could unfold now yeah. in the college football playoff. Creed Humphrey was drafted in the second round of the 2021 20, NFL draft. Okay. Bottom of the second round. Mm, we have him. Sign up for that. Yeah. Now I'm just going to go down this wormhole. Jackson Carmen. Joseph Osai was drafted in the third round. We'll talk about that pick here Whiff at some so point far. as well. <laughs> that's not the that second and third round was not great. I tell you what, what I would do if I was Sam Hubbard, I'd be asking for a new contract today. Uh, yeah, because the defense can't tackle anybody. When without them. when will your stock be any higher? Right. Than what the defense has done since you've been out. Nineteen after four, Twin Peaks and Florence. Tony and Mo football show till five thirty today. We have a doctor on today. We do. Will you tell us about Joe Burrow? He's going to give us the Joe Burrow timeline. He's going to give us an idea of how complicated the surgery is going to be. I'm going to ask him, because you know we're all going to do this. Yeah. Seven weeks left in the regular season. Oh. Any shot oh. in, in January? Any? Oh. I'm going to guess the answer is no. And, and I think an important question, what does this mean for week one next year? Yeah. I don't know. Doctor does. What if the Bengals win ugly? Sunday and find a way to win the week after. Is there a quarterback out there you can go get? Let's if, say they win like 10-7 and let's oh, say they win like... Keep their playoff hopes alive. Let's the, say they win 10-7 and then 12-9. Well, that was like... Here's the thing. Tom Brady? I said this on Twitter on Thursday. I really don't want to play the everybody name your favorite retired quarterback Cam game, Newton? Which I nominated you. Cam Newton? Your your picture on Thursday night was a was a, was a uh, light in a, lot of, in a darkness. I needed you in a Bengals uni and I got it. Yeah. 
It is uh, 20 minutes after 4 o'clock. Still haven't given any reason to say no yet. We'll discuss. I have a wrist injury, too. We'll discuss that scenario and more on uh, Frank Pollock, the run game coordinator on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. Cincinnati's ESPN. Uh, 24 minutes after 4 o'clock, ESPN 1530, Mo Egger with uh, Tony Pike. It's the Tony and Mo football show at Twin Peaks in Florence. We are here uh, until 5.30, out of the way early as a UK pregame show starts at uh, 5.30 with that game tipping off at 7 o'clock. That will move uh, Monday Night Football to Fox Sports 13.60. you have a quick thought on that game? Chiefs, Eagles. Um, I, I don't have a lean either way. The Eagles, I think, have been the better overall team throughout the season. Mm-hmm. But there is something to me about the Chiefs. That game they won against the Dolphins before their bye, mm-hmm. I'm listening to Patrick Mahomes postgame talking about how good the defense is mm-hmm. and assuring that the offense will get it figured out. Now you give that offense a bye week with Andy Reid historically. That's pretty good. I am excited to see what the Chiefs – offense looks like against a pretty good Philly defense. All right, so the Bengals currently hold the 11 seed in the AFC. Top seven, as you know, make the playoffs. Here are the six teams in front of them, starting at the top. Cleveland is currently in fifth. Owners of the top wild card spot. Seven and three. Mm -hmm. Right now they're playing a backup quarterback. The Houston Texans win again yesterday in a tough game against Arizona. Like C.J. Stroud. They did so with him throwing three picks yesterday. He is a rookie quarterback. Yeah. Who's now thrown four picks in two games. The owners of the last playoff spot as of right now are the Pittsburgh Steelers who have been outgained in every game. Starting quarterback is Kenny Pickett. You get them in your house this week. And you play them twice. The Buffalo Bills, who the Bengals have a tiebreaker against, win last night or yesterday afternoon over the Jets. Their quarterback is Josh Allen, who has a lot of talent. Dude makes a lot of mistakes. Now, the Bills offensively, with Joe Brady mm-hmm. now calling plays, looked pretty good yesterday. But Knew still. we should have got him here. <laughs> the Indianapolis Colts have a backup quarterback, a guy who's on the upper end of yeah. backup QBs and Gardner Minshew, but still a backup quarterback. And the Broncos are winning, and they win last night against Terrence, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I didn't see vintage Russ Wilson last night, even though your boy Dan Orlovsky said the Denver Broncos aren't great. Why can't the Bengals crack this group? I, I, I don't know. If I'm looking at 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah. Oddly enough, the, the Colts' path is probably the easiest. And they play Cincinnati ahead. They got the Bucks, Titans, yeah. Bengals, Steelers, Falcons, Raiders, Texans. Yeah. Let me ask you. You just read off that list and gave a little bit of blurb about each team. If you were in a different NFL city and we were doing this exercise, what blurb would you give about the Bengals? No Burrow. Backup quarterback, no Joe Burrow. Five and five team, no Burrow. No Joe Burrow, and the defense as of late has been bad. Yeah, beatable. Right. I mean. They're just not doing anything over the top extremely well. If I'm a Steelers fan, I go, okay, our formula didn't work against Cleveland. It can work against Cincinnati. Sure. Which is fart around on offense for most of the game. And you deliver a, a death blow. By coming in here and winning. You d- deliver a death blow, and hopefully it's a close game, and we get the ball late and figure out a way to score. Right. I mean, that's that's kind of what they do. It didn't work yesterday, yeah. but, you know, if I'm the Steelers, I go, well, you know, we might not have a great quarterback, but 
we're not playing our backup. We're not playing. We're playing a guy who's played NFL games before, started NFL games before. So the view. I mean, I did a radio interview in Kansas City today where they're like, "Man, we're really sorry because the Bengals are the one team that the Chiefs fear." But oh boy, now that game on New Year's Eve, we win. Like that's yeah. that's how everybody's looking at changes it. Changes everything. I, I I'm sure it changes a lot for Jacksonville, Minneapolis, and in Indianapolis are looking at that game against the Bengals in Cincinnati, Whoa. going, "Dude, that's winnable. now that's a game we should win." Yeah. So I know it changes, but look. The question about the Bengals making the playoffs is a separate question than can the Bengals win some games because part of it here you can't control. At the same time, let's not pretend there's this murderer's row of teams and quarterbacks directly in front of them. Which is why it's even more frustrating and maddening to lose Joe Burrow. Without question. Because all the reasons you just labeled off, even if it was a sprain, you're coming in and saying beat Pittsburgh with a backup, get Burrow back, and those are the teams you got to chase. Mm-hmm. That's why even with the loss against the Ravens, it was still possible. Now you look at it, and it's just, all right, one AFC win, no wins in the division, mm-hmm. no tiebreakers out there. You would have to beat really good teams to to make it. Now, again, maybe Jake Browning is is a welcome sight. Maybe, maybe Jake Browning playing forces Zach Taylor to run the ball more. Mm-hmm. Maybe it forces – Jamar Chase to be a guy that gets 15 targets a game and not at times is lost like he doesn't exist on a football field. Right. Maybe those things work out as a positive because I'm with you. I, Cleveland at 7-3, and three, I, I just don't see it as sustainable. Houston, I thought, I thought Houston's win was more impressive yesterday because Stroud wasn't his best. Agreed. And it shows that they're more than just C.J. Stroud. Nowhere close to being sold on Pittsburgh or Buffalo or Indy or Denver. But you think of, like, the depth of the AFC field. You could talk about that Brown-Steelers game. Those are two of the three wild cards right now. Mm-hmm. And the Houston Texans are the other, who three games ago were two under five hundred. Yeah. Now they're playing better, and they did win yesterday, and they did beat the Bengals, and Houston would win a head-to-head tiebreaker with Cincinnati. But, I mean, like, if, if you get one this week, you're now even up at least with Pittsburgh and you've beaten them head-to-head. If, we, if you get one this week, the conversation we're having next week is completely different. And this game should be winnable if the staff and the roster is as good as I've been told. Yeah. And it's yeah. the same thing we outlined last week as to all of those things true. Well, it's just Burrow got to be Superman. You don't have it. Right. Now you got to use a good roster to beat a team that you should beat. But I would also say your entire franchise can't be predicated upon Agreed. the quarterback being Superman. Agreed. Right, like, like Patrick Mahomes makes really, really good plays. They also won 11 games the year before he was the starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, and I they, mean, got a, they, they have the ability to win games defensively. This is not a fair comparison. In Indianapolis, Peyton Manning has neck fusion surgery, and he doesn't play in 2011, and then obviously goes mm-hmm. to Denver. They go from annually one of the best teams in the league, playing twice in the Super Bowl, to a team that won three games. Yeah. Your franchise can't be solely based on this guy being insanely good. Right. It's bolstered by it. That it can be, revolve yeah. around it. But but not everything can be about the QB bailing us out. Mm-hmm. That When that's the case, at some point, the holes are going to be revealed. Yeah. So I'm going to defer to what I've heard and what I believe, because I, I do believe this is, Frank Pollock aside, a good coaching staff. I am going to defer to what I believe, which is this is a, a certainly a better-than-average NFL roster. It's probably not as good as folks like me made it out to be during the offseason. And assume it's good enough to beat the Steelers and be more than competitive in the next three games after that. Yeah. 
We've seen Jacksonville have bad losses this year. Yeah. A couple of we've we've seen Colts are beatable, Vikings are beatable. I mean, there there is a path, there is a conversation to be had still for this Bengals team. It would require though, and I think what's so hard about it, it would require something we have not seen yet from Zach Taylor, mm-hmm. which is to win when you don't have Superman. Yeah. And again, how many playoff games did we talk about the defense that carried them through? Right. Evan McPherson carrying them through on that magical playoff run. It was a lot of help that Joe Burrow had. All right. Uh, we are going to chat with one of the experts from Ortho Cincy about uh, Joe Burrow and the timeline and the recovery and the rehab and the return. Hopefully sooner rather than later we'll do that next. We're here at uh, Twin Peaks in Florence, Tony and Mo football show on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. Sports headlines of service at Kelsey Chevrolet, home of lifetime powertrain protection and guaranteed credit approval from their family to yours for life. KelseyChev.com. Drew Plitt back with the Bengals on the practice squad. Played in a couple of preseason games with the Bengals during the 2022 uh, preseason. Played in five games for the Arlington Renegades of the XFL during the 2023 season. Drew, obviously, a Loveland product. Chase Brown designated to return from IR. They have 21 days during which he can practice without counting against the 53-man roster. Guard Jackson Kirkland goes to the practice squad injured list with a wrist injury. Monday Night Football Chiefs, Eagles in Kansas City, live, Fox Sports, 1360. Uh, Shamal says he is entering the transfer portal. The uh, Bearcats got two touchdown receptions from the tight end on Saturday in the loss to West Virginia. College basketball tonight, Kentucky taking on St. Joe's. That game at 7, pregame at 5.30, bumps us out of the way on ESPN. 1530. When we talk injuries on our show, we consult with one of the experts from OrthoCincy Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. We love OrthoCincy because they have specialists and locations all over the tri-state. They also offer walk-in orthopedic urgent care at five tri-state locations, and they have extended evening and weekend hours in Edgewood and Anderson. Learn more at orthocincy.com. That's orthocincy.com. Dr. Jonathan Slaughter from OrthoCincy is with us. All right, Joe Burrow. Uh, Zach Taylor says he's done for the year. Torn ligament in his right wrist. Jay Glazer of uh, NFL on Fox says Burrow is looking to pick his surgeon this week. And he tore, quote, the middle ligament in his wrist responsible for stabilization. Can you explain which limit ligament is likely damaged and specifically what it does? So there's two major ligaments inside the wrist that connect small bones. Your wrist joint is made up of eight little bones called your carpal bones, each one with a different name. And the ligaments are typically named after the bones that they connect. So the most common ligament that I think, without having seen the MRI, that he likely tore is going to be the scapholunate ligament that connects the scaphoid and lunate. This is one of your main stabilizing ligaments of the wrist, the other being the lunotriquetral ligament connecting the lunate and triquetrum, which can also be injured, but is much less likely to be injured. The one we see most often is the scapholunate, which then connects the scaphoid and lunate like I had previously mentioned, and that provides the stability of the eight bones, keeping them together, allowing them to function and move the wrist uh, to do things such as simple motion or even gripping a football, baseball, or other things we use the wrist for. So it's most likely a scapholunate ligament. 
Hey, it's Mo Egger. The college basketball season is heating up, and there's no better place to watch every game than Long Neck Sports Grill. There are 4K TVs all over the place at each Long Neck's location, and at Long Neck's, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And I say this often, if you haven't tried Long Neck's Wings, what are you waiting for? No matter who your team is, you'll be able to watch them at Long Neck's. Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Long Neck Sports Grill. This college basketball season, stay late, come often. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Is this particular injury considered more worse than a bone fracture? Because I think that's where our minds all went to on Thursday night. OMG, he's broken his hand. That's going to be a problem. Is this worse or maybe on the on the more benign level? It's definitely worse, unfortunately. These ligaments can be very difficult. They're inside the joints, so they're constantly coated in joint fluid, which doesn't allow them to just repair on their own. Bones are much, when you break a bone, it's much more predictable to get healing, even though the scaphoid bone, one of the bones that's connected by this ligament, can be a pain and can be difficult to get to heal. Those are much more reliably fixed, healed, timeline more uh, reliable than unfortunately a major ligament injury like this so this would be one situation where uh, breaking a bone would have been better what we all remember from thursday you know he comes out of the game and then he's on the sideline and he's trying to grip a football and ostensibly trying to throw it and then he basically spikes it gives up turns toward the medical staff shakes his head you knew at that point what we were dealing with wasn't good from your perspective could you have a pretty good idea of what he was dealing with just seeing that those images? Yeah, so I was actually driving my son down for a boys' trip down to North Carolina when the game was played, and my phone all of a sudden exploded with all these text messages from people, what happened to Burroughs. So I had to pull off the highway and actually look at the images. And I started going through first the gripping on that side. I was like, shoot, did he injure his ulnar nerve? Then I was thinking nerves probably okay. Then I started thinking like hook of the hamate, which is a small piece of bone off the hamate that is on the small finger side of the wrist that can cause problems with gripping. I was like, could he have broken his hamate bone? And then you started thinking wrist sprain. And uh, at that point, I was thinking it's either going to be one of these ligaments that's causing the pain where every time he tries to grip his, he actually feels a clunk causing pain in his wrist, causing him to drop the ball or the hook of the hammock fracture. Well, then he got the MRI the next day and that's when it confirmed it was one of the ligaments, not the, not the hook of the hammock or other fracture in his wrist. When I was watching the game, I was trying to convince myself because he was on the sideline, but he wasn't wearing a wrap. There was no cast, no bandage. He just, you know, looked like a backup quarterback standing there with the earpiece in trying to help the guy who was in the game uh, try to compete. Why wouldn't they why wouldn't they wrap it? Why was there nothing on his on his on his hand, on his wrist, in your opinion? Hey, it's Mo Egger. If you're a college basketball fan, you're going to love Long Neck Sports Grill. There are three locations in Northern Kentucky, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Each one of them has 4K TVs all over the place, 
And at Long Necks, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And the menu at Long Necks is awesome, but you've got to try their wings. No matter who your team is, you'll find them at Long Necks. This college basketball season, swing by Long Neck Sports Grill. Stay late. Come often. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So initially the thought was there wasn't obvious instability or there wasn't an obvious fracture that needed to be immobilized initially. The initial x-rays at the um, stadium were negative, which is why they were saying wrist sprain. And at that point, it's either let's just put a, a brace on it, a wrap on it to just kind of protect it, let it start to calm down. Or at that time, they were thinking, well, there's not a break. It doesn't seem grossly unstable that they could tell at that point just due to all the adrenaline and everything else going on. Let's just get through today, get to tomorrow, get back to Cincinnati, get a stat MRI, and then see what's going on. So I don't think it was – if, if x-rays would have shown a fracture, yeah, definitely splint it, brace it, um, protect it. But without a true fracture, it's not something that had to be urgently immobilized. Dr. Jonathan Slaughter from Ortho Cincy is with us talking about uh, Joe Burrow's wrist injury. What's involved with this type of surgery that he's going to have? Yeah, so it's a difficult surgery because you're trying to restore the normal mechanics and stability so that the bones don't shift apart and you get this clunk of the little bones. And so a lot of times the most stable part or the most important part of that ligament is on the backside of the wrist. So there's multiple different ways that this has been done in the past, but a lot of times now you're trying to restore that connection between the lunate and scaphoid. And a a lot of times people will take a small graft of tendon from elsewhere in the body, whether it's part of a wrist extensor or part of a wrist flexor. You can steal part of a tendon to create this new ligament um, to also supplement the ligament that's in there to try to protect it and create stability so you'll basically create these tunnels in the bone putting the ligament uh or tendon graft into them as well as a lot of times we'll supplement with this tape we call it an internal brace so it's this real thick uh, almost like um suture tape that creates like almost like acts like an internal cast or an internal brace to protect that ligament while that ligament is then now healing back into the bone and repairing. So it's creating a new ligament as well as repairing the old ligament that's torn and then protecting it a lot of times with this internal brace or this uh, fibrous thick um, suture material that acts like an internal cast. Can you walk me through the timeline for recovery and rehab? Yeah, so this is one of the longer ones. So the, initially, you just want to get the uh, initial healing and protection. And so a lot of times we will immobilize the wrist for six weeks. And a lot of times we'll uh, help immobilize it by putting a temporary thick wire connecting the small bones, holding the bone still, protecting your repair for the first six weeks. And at six weeks, you remove that wire 
And then at the six week mark, when that wire is removed, you start working therapy. And the whole goal there is just starting to get motion back. You're really not working on strengthening or even starting to throw until three, four months out. Um, it takes a good 10 to 12 weeks to get the what the, the fibers that connect ligament to bone are called Sharpie fibers, and it takes 10 to 12 weeks really for those Sharpie fibers to develop and grow and attach this new ligament to his bone. So you need to protect it those first three months, the first six weeks, no motion, and then you start the motion at six weeks, and then at the three-month mark when you should start to have those Sharpie fibers with a good attachment to the bone, then you can start more aggressive motion and strengthening at that point. But it's really, you're looking up to nine to 12 months to try to get back to his level of performance. All right, so you said nine to 12 months. I was initially going to ask, with some degree of optimism, could he come back and play in the playoffs if the Bengals make it? That's not going to happen. You said nine to 12 months. Is this potentially something that we have to worry about impacting his ability to start next season on time? I would have low concern for that because of just what he has surrounding him, the team of people, the trainers, the access to the hand therapist that he will have to be able to start getting his motion and his strength. He is one that I would put on high expectations to be able to perform at the same level he was with good outcomes. Hey, it's Mo Egger. The college basketball season is heating up, and there's no better place to watch every game than Long Neck Sports Grill. There are 4K TVs all over the place at each Long Neck's location, and at Long Neck's, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And I say this often, if you haven't tried Long Neck's Wings, what are you waiting for? No matter who your team is, you'll be able to watch them at Long Neck's. Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Long Neck Sports Grill. This college basketball season, stay late, come often. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At the beginning of training camp next year. All right. Well, that's encouraging. Two more for you. Um, once this is healed and this is quote behind him, are there any lingering concerns about long-term effects? Hey, it's Mo Egger. If you're a college basketball fan, you're going to love Long Neck Sports Grill. There are three locations in Northern Kentucky, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Each one of them has 4K TVs all over the place. And at Long Necks, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And the menu at Long Necks is awesome, but you've got to try their wings. No matter who your team is, you'll find them at Long Necks. This college basketball season, swing by Long Neck Sports Grill. Stay late. Come often. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
So the biggest concern with these long-term is one stiffness. Is he going to be able to get his motion back? And with the people surrounding him, with the therapist, I think he's going to be able to get his motion back. If he's able to get his motion back and we've recreated that ligament to give him the stability, I think long-term is going to be minimal effect. But again, this is one of those stout ligaments most important for the stability of the wrist that can lead to subtle instability that can progress to arthritis and other conditions down the road. But that would be well after his career is done, in my opinion, if he developed right. any of those. One more, and I'm, I'm always interested in a, a medical clinical answer to this question. Joe Burrow is, look, he's, he's wrapping up, or I guess he has had wrap up for him, his fourth NFL season. His injury history is already pretty extensive. Knee injury, he suffered his rookie season. Uh, he obviously had the calf issue at the start of training camp this year. There's this. It's a different type of medical issue, but an appendectomy. And so, you know, now he maybe wears the label of being injury prone. As a medical professional, what do you say to the assertion that, well, he's he's fragile or maybe a little bit uh, less harsh, he's injury prone? Yeah, that's always a tough question because there are some people that are getting these, especially if it's more the soft tissue type injuries, low trauma, um, uh, that's not like non-contact type injuries that you're like, man, they are injury prone. What is going on with them? They just can't catch a break. Joe Burrow, I would put only one of those that I would put into that would be the calf injury of kind of this atraumatic pull to calf. The other knee injury blown up when playing Baltimore, uh, big trauma to the knee. The wrist, we don't have a great – I haven't seen a good camera view of him going down the play before, but it is that mechanism driving the wrist down that can create this injury with escapal lunate ligament. So these, uh, those I would put more into the, man, it's just unfortunate. Why does it happen to him? Not so much – man, he cannot catch a break with, like, he didn't do anything, yet he's injured again. So I wouldn't put Burrow quite into that. I do think there are people that just are more prone to injury uh, with little trauma, but I wouldn't put him in that yet. Awesome stuff. Dr. Jonathan Slaughter from uh, OrthoCincy. I say this every single week. The awesome thing about OrthoCincy is they have specialists and locations all across the tri-state. This includes walk-in orthopedic urgent care during the week from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at both Edgewood and Anderson. It's easier because you never need an appointment and it's cheaper than going to an ER whenever you have an urgent orthopedic injury. Learn more at orthocincy.com. That's orthocincy.com. We're here till 5.30. Lots more to discuss. Tony and Mo Football Show on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. Football season. Is- Get ready for the Jake Browning Show. Touchdown! Nice. Bengals! The Burrowless Bengals turn to Jake Browning as the orange and black take on Pittsburgh's black and gold. Jake Browning throws the first touchdown pass of his NFL career. Will our Bengals rally around Jake the Snake for the win? Fight for the goal line! Touchdown! Dan Hoard and Dave Lampin have the goal live. Bam! Bam! Coverage begins Sunday morning at 9 on ESPN 1530, the official home of the Bengals.
This is the Tony and Mo Football Show, live from Twin Peaks in Florence. Brought to you in part by Encore Technologies. Visit Encore.tech. Penn Station East Coast Subs. Penn Station, it's all in good taste. Honda East and Honda East Power Equipment Dealer, Nixco Plumbing. Choose a pro, choose Nixco. First State Bank, built on belief. And by Ralph's American Grill in Wilmington, Ohio. Visit Ralph'sGrill.com. This is Cincinnati's ESPN 1530, the official home of the Bengals. All right, 7 after 5 o'clock, ESPN 1530. It's uh, the Tony and Mo football show broadcasting today from Twin Peaks in Florence. We are back here next week. Yeah. We're here today, at least for the next 23 minutes, out of the way early to uh, make room for the U.K. basketball pregame show, Kentucky taking on St. Joseph's. Uh, we've, we've been here since 2.30 uh, I think we've we've covered the Bengals Ravens game from almost every angle. We've talked extensively about Joe Burrow's injury, its impact on the team, and what's next with uh, Jake Browning. There's one part of Thursday's game we have not yet talked about, and it involves an area where I'll give Zach Taylor a lot of credit because he came to the defense of Logan Wilson yeah. on Friday. And deservedly so. What yeah, do you make of the criticism that Logan got for, unfortunately, he was involved in the play that, that Mark Andrews suffered a, a season-ending injury, and I hate that. Uh, he's a terrific player. I don't root for injury. Uh, he knocked down Lamar Jackson. Yeah. He hit Odell Beckham. You had John Harbaugh complaining after the game. You had this clown Bart Scott going off on Logan Wilson Shocker. after the game. None of that was justified. No, it, look. It's already hard enough for a defender in the NFL because you, you're you're in these bang bang plays where you can't go above the shoulder pads, mm-hmm. you can't lead with certain points of your helmet. Uh, it's it's ruled dirty going at someone's ankles or knees. Like there's only so many ways you can tackle guys running full speed and cutting in the NFL. Your job is to bring somebody down. Right. How you bring them down? Yes, there's going to be unfortunate injuries. There are, there's injuries. Every week in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It just, we talked earlier about the circumstance and the timing of the Joe Burrow with the picture being deleted and then hurt it. It's just a, it's a very unfortunate series of events when it happens to the same player. Guys get hurt playing football. I That's, hate it. It is what it is. I don't like it. Nothing that Logan did was dirty. No, in violation of a rule. It was all by the book. And, I, you know, we didn't do this. And when I say we, we as a Bengals fans or observers of the Bengals. I don't think there was a lot of this in the aftermath of the Burrow injury, but I, I feel like now there's a little bit too much of that, where something unfortunate happens. Somebody else's fault. And it's somebody else's Instead fault. Instead of just, this is the game. We don't like to just go, you know what, this is a byproduct of an incredibly physically violent sport. Yeah, I just, I get, there's things now, like the, the game is changing in that way, and, and it's also changed, I, I alluded to this earlier, we mentioned now Andrew Luck, Every year in the NFL, mm-hmm. Andrew Luck's one of the only guys that have walked away early. Yeah, and it's like, oh, just too many sacks. So, like, what's your thought? There's the stat out there now: through 55 games in his career, Andrew Luck was sacked 115 times. Mm-hmm. Through Joe Burrow's first 52, 148. There's the playoff side where in eight games in the playoffs, Luck was sacked 11 times. Seven games, Burrow's been sacked 29. Mm-hmm. Everyone now takes this stat and says, oh. You're going to create the next Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. Can we stop with the fact that one, yes, one player who had a history of getting sacked walked away, and he never said it's because I've taken this many hits. He walked away for many different reasons. Yeah. But yet every time a stat like this comes out, it's all the Bengals are going to ruin Joe Burrow the way Andrew Luck. Like that, that to me is lazy as well. 
I agree with you, except while Andrew Luck took the Colts to an AFC championship Mm -hmm. game. So it's not like they didn't have team success. Right, they were good. They never achieved the level of success they should have because they didn't protect Andrew Luck. Now, why he chose to walk away, I don't think Joe Burrow is going to do that. I don't think he's going to pull a Carson Palmer either. Right. He just signed a new contract, Right. right? At the same time, there is a part of me. Look at this year. The root of it has been the the inability to fix the offensive line. Right. Or at some point, frustration has to boil over. Did the offensive line cost the Bengals the Super Bowl two years ago? I think yeah. it did. Yeah. I, I think the Bengals. I, mean, I, would, I would throw play calling a little bit. But no yes, doubt. Offensive but, line. but if reasons why the Bengals didn't beat the L.A. Rams, there are more than one. Mm-hmm. The number one item at the top of the list? Right. Offensive line play. Did offensive line play hurt or help this team before Thursday night? It hurt. Mostly hurt. Did offensive line play hurt the team on Thursday? Mm -hmm. Did Joe Burrow suffer a season-ending injury because he got hit by a guy who wasn't blocked? And And now the season can't reach its full potential. And a lot of the season, as I mentioned, you're holding your breath watching on TV when he's getting hit throwing a pass to make sure he's getting up. Right. I I just don't think it's fair every time... He is sacked to say, well, that's going to be Andrew Luck. They're, they're different players. They're wired differently. They're built differently. Right. I don't ever see Joe Burrow walking away, and you could argue no one ever saw Andrew Luck doing it the way he did as well. But I just hope that instead of just being like, oh, it's going to be the luck, I hope this is like a wake-up call for the organization to just figure it out. Well, I don't know how because they've tried every way. Th- that's the thing, though. You could say wake-up call. It's not like they haven't pursued every conceivable yeah. i mean the, they spent a lot of money they've this past off season there was what what got rid of the post afc championship game hangover was the acquisition of orlando brown right they spent all this money on a left tackle orlando brown has been yeah cordell volson's taking the next step okay yeah like but i mean jonah williams is a first round pick oddly enough jonah's been the best part right yeah kappa and karis and collins were expensive free agent acquisitions like organizationally it's not like they've prioritized it they've they're not trying to cut corners i think on the offensive line they just haven't gotten it done now you might say well they identified and signed the wrong guys uh you might say well they're not good at developing offensive linemen you might say frank pollock's not it but i do agree with you there has to be an examination of okay we have to and and this I think this is a conversation we could have had had the Bengals won the game on Thursday sure. and Joe Burrow not gotten hurt for the season. Yeah. A conversation about, on the offensive line, why hasn't it not worked for years? Yeah. Going back even before Zach Taylor was the head and coach. And is that more Taylor? Is it Pollock? Is it Duke Tobin? It has to start somewhere, and it cannot be another year wasted in the future. You have to get it right. So that's... Tough decisions, staffing decisions, development decisions. Something has to get done because not only have they missed, Lel Collins was a bust. As of right now, Cordell Volson is a bust. Jackson Carmen is a bust. Orlando Brown Jr. is not performing at the level that he is getting paid. So I'll I'll challenge you on the Cordell Volson thing only from this standpoint. He's not the guy. I don't think he was drafted. He wasn't drafted to be the guy. I don't think he was drafted to be the guy. The offseason talk for me was everyone talking about Cordell Volson. All right. So let me ask you this. Let's say the Bengals have the 15th overall pick. Positionally, do you want that to be a lineman? Uh, Now it becomes a problem now Mm -hmm. because I don't envision T. Higgins being here. 
So wide receiver or pass catcher, a la tight end, becomes a big need. So T. Higgins is, back is, a, is a need. T. Higgins isn't here because you tag him and trade him? That's what it, I think. Because if you trade him, you're going to get a lot back. That's what time. I think. Um, Unless they lose, lose a bunch of draft picks because they you know, didn't report an injury. <laughs> the Bengals right now. If do you think Higgins, do you think that, that we've seen the last of Higgins, Chase, and Burrow on the field together? No. Okay. I'm gonna I s- hope so. I'm going to say they do with T what they did with Jesse Bates. That's going to cost them more. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Bengals right now, the draft were to be tonight, would have the 17th overall pick. Uh, they currently have as many wins as the team with the 14th overall pick, and they could conceivably, and I'm stretching things here a little bit, they could play themselves if they really, really mm-hmm. sucked here at the end. Yeah. They could play themselves into a top 10 pick. What would you rather have? A playoff berth with Jake Browning where you sneak in and lose in the first round that reveals all sorts of issues with your roster mm-hmm. and your coaching staff that you avoid if you get to the playoffs. Yeah. You get in as the seven and lose with Jake as your quarterback. Would you rather have that or a top ten pick? That, because I, I don't trust them in the draft department yet. You know, I, they, they hit a home run with Burrow. Anyone would have hit that home run. Yeah. You know, there was that Chase versus Sewell thing. And Panay Sewell's been a really good pro. No doubt. I mean, both teams won on that. Yes. Um, but, no, I, I think if, if, if you could go on a run and make a playoff berth. Yes. You at least know you've got some pieces now with Joe Burrow coming back that you feel really good about. I, I think it would also make me feel much, much, much better about the coaching staff. 100%. And I like this coaching staff. Yeah. I, I have the same ish, many of the same issues you do with play calling, but so to me, I want, the, I want one or the other. Right. Like, I don't want the in-between. In the middle yeah. is you win eight games. Yeah, eight and nine. <laughs> you get a mid-round pick. You don't get the playoff game, and you yeah. don't. You don't get the tenth, the, then, the top ten pick. Because then you're having a whole conversation about what player you need the most, and a lot of that'll will, a lot of it'll play itself out. But as of right now, I couldn't tell you what their first round pick is going to be next year. No, and, and because I, of where the roster. I is. don't want to be looking at draft order in November. Might but, need, you might need D line help. DJ Reader might be gone. You might need D line help no matter what. You might need that. You might need be, a running back. You might need a wide receiver. You might need end. offensive line. You might need tight end. But see. This is why you were supposed to win in the, the window oh, of the, the rookie Super Bowl contract. window. Uh, we got to get to a break. 17 after 5, we're at Twin Peaks and Florence on ESPN, 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. All right, we have uh, exactly two minutes. Wow. <laughs> we, uh, we don't have to talk about Saturday's UC football game, and we can stop talking about the Jake Browning era, at least until tomorrow, because, Tony, oh, man. our friend Chad Brendel oh, of BearcatJournal.com has tweeted, within the last four minutes, Aziz Bandego has been cleared by the NCAA. Wow. Christmas is here. I'm not sure I've needed good sports news oh more than I goodness. do right now. This is awesome. Now what about Jamil? Give me Jamil Reynolds and let's start planning where we're going to go in March. I watched Aziz warm up before the game yesterday, and I felt like I was being teased. For yeah. what it's worth, I also watched Jamil work yeah. out after the game. But again, Chad Brendel, Bearcat Journal, Aziz Man. cleared by the NCAA. Buddy just texted me and said, my eyes just started watering. Oh, my. Tears of joy. New details have emerged, apparently. Huh. Huh. A.K.A. lawyered up. Lawyer up. If I am Jameel Reynolds right now. Calling the same I am getting the same lawyer on the line. I just, go ahead and deny my waiver because I got my. 
Yeah. I mean, that took less than a week, right? You just said today you love their guard play. I now mean, add this. I like the point guard play. Yes. Yes. Add this underneath, and all of a sudden the Dan Skillings that, that emerged yesterday. Mm-hmm. What John Newman has been from a toughness standpoint. Yep. You've got shooting outside. I can pull Vic away from oh, the rim a little bit. Oh, my goodness. I wish we could keep going. Yeah, we have to stop? We're done. You think they'll start the next show with a little UC news instead of Kentucky? Probably not. That might be the happiest moment I've had in a on while. the air in like a year. That is awesome. All right, we're going to talk about that tomorrow. I know you will, too. Tony has Cincy 360. Don't let us get hot. At noon. Don't let him get hot. We're broadcasting from the Moreline Lager House tomorrow. Aziz cleared. Woo! According to Chad. Thanks to the folks here at uh, Twin Peaks. Thanks to Mike Mills. Thanks to Taryn Bland. UK basketball is next on ESPN 1530. Hey, it's Mo Egger. The college basketball season is heating up, and there's no better place to watch every game than Long Neck Sports Grill. There are 4K TVs all over the place at each Long Neck's location, and at Long Neck's, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection and I say this often, if you haven't tried Long Necks Wings, what are you waiting for? No matter who your team is, you'll be able to watch them at Long Necks, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Long Necks Sports Grill. This college basketball season, stay late, come often.